Fountain of Life podcast, and I welcome you to today's episode. Thank you so much if you've joined us for this past couple of weeks as we discussed going through the fire with Reverend Professor Spencer Duncan. And I'm sure you learned a lot, and God has been blessing you week after week, even as you fellowship with us in these episodes that we share with you. We will continue on the same theme that we're discussing the past couple of weeks, that is how to stay relevant in a difficult changing world. But I want to bring in a sub thing, that is how to thrive in adversity. Life throws challenges at us. We go through adversity, we go through all sorts of things. But how do we stay relevant? How do we thrive? How do we do well? under those challenging circumstances. And like I said, when we're having that discussion with Prospensa, it is not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when we will go through some form of adversity, whether health challenges, financial challenges, job losses, whatever it is, there is something to be said about life's difficult moments. So the next couple of episodes, I want us to look at how we thrive as people of God, or if you don't even yet have faith, how you can stay strong and thrive in the midst of adversity. Today, I want to focus narrowly on something I call root out of a dry ground. And why am I using that phrase to caption today's episode? In Isaiah chapter 53 verse 2, Isaiah writing describes the Messiah that he shall grow up before God like a root out of a dry ground. And when we see him, there is no beauty in him that we should desire him. So when you are a root out of a dry ground, that is a hard place to be. That is a rough existence. So when you go through those moments of adversity, our life may seem like a root out of a dry ground, totally shriveled, surviving to catch any drop of water to survive on whatever it is it is a tough life so how do we thrive in the book of james james 1 the bible says in verse 2 my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience So James is introducing a few thoughts to us. He says, we should count it all joy when we go through various trials. And then he he tells us what those trials do to us. He says, the testing of our faith. So that is more like the breakdown 
or, or, or the net effect of that trial, it leads to testing of our faith. I'm sure there are moments in your walk as a child of God where maybe you even question, Lord, where are you? You, you, you even question God's love for you because of the fierceness of what you're going through and the stress that has come in your life, the suffering that has come in your life. You wonder, does God still love me? Why am I going through all this? So it is a, a fearsome circumstance to be in when your faith is being tested. So James says that when we are successful in going through that, it brings patience in our lives. Isn't it? It is so true because when you go through those challenges and you pass through it, pass through it very well, at the end, when you look back, you realize that you are prepared for the next big thing that comes your way because you have had your faith tested. In the manufacturing industries, they put materials through something they call stress test. Maybe they put it through all sort of stresses, heat, temperature, pressure, all sort of things to make sure that it can withstand the real world usage. So somehow God also puts those stresses on us. And the essence is to make sure that we can stand the test of time and also to bear his glory. So there is something really important about trials. Essentially, trials, you know, they come to test our strength. You say you are a child of God. Remember the argument the devil was having with God about Job. He said, look, Job is serving you because you have shielded him. You protected everything about him. You provided everything in this. You take away all those things in your protection and see whether he won't curse you to the face. So what the devil was in effect saying, look, this person will fail the stress test. He's there because you haven't or you have protected him and shielded him. Well, at the end of the day, Job proved the devil wrong because Job endured and he overcame. So trials are supposed to expose our weaknesses. They are supposed to, like the stress testing industry in a manufacturing industry, it exposes any flaws in our lives. It exposes any flaws in us. And that helps God to fix it. That helps us to address those flaws. And usually trials will come from God. He brings us, it, it is his purpose to test us and make sure that we are up to the standard that he set for the people who bear his name. So they will come from God and they will have the finger of God in it. You will know that this is the Lord. And over the next couple of episodes, I'll be discussing how God operates within those environments. So if you're going through any kind of challenge, it's an opportunity for you to see God at work in your life or to see God at work in your circumstances. And like in Job's case, and most often in our trials, they come from the Lord. You know, as opposed to temptation, temptation is practically from the devil. And 
it's trying to expose weaknesses in our flesh. That is our carnal human nature. We are not talking about temptations. We're talking about trials. That is those stressor events and occasions that God brings into our lives to test our strength and expose our weaknesses. And also, as opposed to trials, temptations are primarily designed by the devil to pull us down. But trials are supposed to pick us up, raise us up, elevate us, give us increase in knowledge and experience with God. So to prove that or to, to show you that in scripture, if we can quickly go to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, that speaks extensively about how God chastises us, how he prunes us and shapes us up to be able to do the things that he wants. In Hebrews 12 and verse 5, he says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. So we are sons of God. And he says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scorches every son whom he receives. So he will chasten us, he will scorch us. He will prune us, remove all the draws and the flaws and the weaknesses and expose everything that is not of him so we can deal with those, you see. So that is, it's not that God doesn't love you. Rather, it's because he loves you, that's why you go through those trials, okay? So what is the next effect? of those in hebrews chapter 12 verse 11 now the bible says this now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present but painful nevertheless afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it let's read backwards so the chastening of the lord is supposed to train us in a way it provides certain boundaries and defines certain parameters in our lives. So when the chastening comes, it's supposed to train you. When you, God takes you through that trial, it's supposed to train you. Okay. And then he says that, and I like the frankness of the word of God. It's not sugarcoating it or sugarcoating. It says that the chastening, no chastening that we go through now, will seem joyful even though james is saying count it all joy he says count it that means make a determined effort to accept this as of god and rejoice in it okay but the truth is it's not joyful so being able to rejoice in the midst of your trial is a mark of maturity is a mark of strength all right and then he goes on to say that but painful that is the truth some chastenings you lose sleep over it you are so fearful you are so scared you don't even know what the next step should be those moments are very painful you see so it is true but when we are able to thrive in the midst of all of that he says it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness and that is what james is saying that when we go through those trials, we end up with what God has purpose for us. We end up with every opportunity 
that God has. He says that, but let it produce his patience. You see, so chastening can be rough. That's the fact. It's not joyful, it can be painful, those trials. But it's supposed to elevate us, raise us up, and give us strength for the next level. So why am I describing this episode like a root out of a dry ground? God used a natural event to, no, I'll call it natural, let's say an abnormal event, to show me how to thrive in the midst of difficulty in very, very stressful circumstances. You see, in my daily commute, I use one of a very busy, now one, one of the busiest highways in our part of the world. And the Interstate 5 runs all the way from the U.S. border to Canada in Vancouver, all the way down to California. And passes through California, Oregon, Washington State, all the way perhaps I think to the border with Mexico. So it is a very, very busy highway. for, And part of it, I, I use part of it for my commute work. One day, as I was driving home, I, there was quite some mild traffic. So I was looking around, as we often do, you get bored or tired looking at your speedometer. So my eyes just fell on something by the roadside, in the inner lane, the median towards the inner lane. I took a second look at it and I couldn't believe my eyes. Am I really seeing this? So we drove past that place. The subsequent days, I made a point to steal a glance at that thing growing in the median. And the whole of that median is asphalt and concrete. So humanly speaking, I just didn't see how that thing got there. It was a tomato plant. <laughs> yeah, you heard me right. Tomato plant. And it was growing on the hard concrete median in the inner lane of Interstate 5. And I, I just couldn't believe it. Of course, sometimes you see shrubs and grass and things growing. That is not a, but a tomato plant. Yeah, that was quite a head scratcher. But as I drove past that plant week after week, I began to focus on a few things that seems to speak to some of what we are reading today. So I asked myself, how did this tomato plant get to be on the shoulder of I-5? All by itself. And the only way I also noticed that it was a tomato plant was that it had a fruit on it. At that time, the fruit was green. Quite a sizable fruit. The first question that came to my mind was, how did this plant get to be in this place? I didn't get an answer to that, however hard I tried. Whether it came from maybe bird dropping or somebody dropped, I couldn't tell. And it was futile for me to try to understand how it got there. But here it was, growing in a very, very, very difficult place, right on the concrete medium of Interstate 5. So I began to ponder the life of this plant. 
Sometimes that is how, as I reflected on it, God began to speak to my heart on thriving in adversity. That is where this whole topic came from. How is this tomato plant thriving on the shoulder of I-5? The first thing that I realized was that I wouldn't know how it got there. And there's no point trying. Sometimes that is how it feels like in our circumstances and the situations that life throws at us. It is futile to understand why. We spend so much energy trying to understand why. And most often, we don't know why. But what we can do is to be the best that we can be under those circumstances. And I guess that is the philosophy that that plant was following. Over a couple of weeks, I noticed that the fruit had ripened and more questions came to my heart. This tomato plant and its fruit will never end up on somebody's dinner table because it will be pure suicide to park your car and attempt to go and plug that tomato on the shoulder of the highway in the inner lane actually. Then also I asked myself, if this tomato plant could speak, what would it say to itself? I realized that it would never get the nurturing care if it was in a greenhouse, which maybe its contemporaries in a greenhouse would have had. And its fruit would never be in a vegetable aisle where somebody would pick it up and ooh and ah and admire and it will certainly never end up on somebody's dinner table, adorning a pizza, spaghetti menu, whatever it was that we used tomatoes for. Never definitely somebody's sandwich. Nevertheless, this plant is doing what God created it to do, to bear fruit and to thrive. You see, you may be a root or we may be a root out of a dry ground. It life might seem like we are planted on the shoulder of the highway. And we may spend all the energy fretting and worrying about what should have been or could have been. But that plant isn't worried about what could have been or what should have been. There are things that it didn't have. And I'm not sure how much energy that plant spends worrying about the things it doesn't have. But there's something nobody can take away from it. What God had created it to be. And that is how it is in adversity. How we thrive. You can't spend all your energy worrying about what could have been or what should have been. Rather, you ask yourself, what has God made me to be? How can I be the best that God has made me to be under the circumstances? The more I thought about that tomato plant, the more God spoke to my heart. I couldn't quite connect the dots, really. Until one day I was flying back to Seattle from Toronto. And in Pearson Airport, at that time, HSBC was running an advert and it showed a very, very dry tree in the midst of winter. The whole landscape was white and this lone tree 
was standing there with no leaves, which is very normal in the winter time for most of our trees here. And under it they've written, thrive, whatever the weather. That is what connected the dot for me with this tomato plant. That plant determined to thrive, whatever the weather. How did it do it? It used what it had to get what it wanted. You see, most tomato plants are fertilized by weed. So, the commonest thing you will have on the shoulder of the highway is the weed. So, the pollination process was very, very easy. What would have been an adversity that is being buffeted by the wind rather promoted productivity in this plant. You see, sometimes when we go through those challenges, those difficult moments, the question we should ask ourselves, what do I have in my hands? Maybe there are opportunities within those adverse circumstances. Those trials will present opportunities. Take advantage of them. Maybe to deepen your prayer life. Maybe to stimulate your faith. It will cause you to read the Bible more. It may cause you to pray longer. Whatever it is, just like that tomato plant, you are planted in a place where the commonest material is the wind. And the wind rather helps you to be pollinated. And it produces fruits. So whatever life is throwing at us, we need a certain attitude. And that is what God was showing to me. That plant to thrive in the midst of adversity. We don't have to get bitter. I'm not sure that plant envies anybody. It's not bitter that it's not in a greenhouse and being cared for and loved by everybody and admired by everybody. I'm not sure that plant to get angry at God. And most importantly, it's not going to lose heart. Because here it is, it is bearing fruit. Not just one, but a couple of fruits, matured fruits that were ripening. Even though nobody would eat it, it was still bearing fruit. Why? Because it submitted itself to the will of God. And the will of God for that plant was to bear fruit. So even those adverse circumstances, like being there all exposed and in the way, it rather became an advantage that it used. Thank you so much for joining me today. My prayer for you is that as you go through life's trials and temptations, you may find yourself like a root out of a dry ground or like a tomato plant all alone on the shoulder of the highway, exposed to the elements, unloved, unappreciated. Whatever life throws at you, just do what God has called you to do. Submit to the will of God. Ask God, what is your purpose for this moment? Seize those moments because inside them are your breakthroughs that will lead you out. May God richly bless you. God willing, next week we continue as we look at how to thrive in adversity. Remember, you can be a tomato on the shoulder of the highway and still be fruitful. May God richly bless you. Thank you for joining us. Oh, by the way, if you haven't yet subscribed to this channel, I pray that. God will inspire you, subscribe and share the links because we will continue to share with you 
many deep revelations from the word of God to help us all grow together. May God richly bless you. And let's see you next Sunday at the same time. Thank you for joining us today. of Matthew 11 28 to 29 Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest Amen.